Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Gina Cloud, an author of the book W-O-M-A-N, A New Definition, and a coach who works with women and men to be our true, our authentic selves. Gina Cloud, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you, Kate. I really appreciate the invitation because I think the stuff that you're talking about on your show is really important for women and men. We like to listen in. Absolutely. And there's always that room for receiving some insights for that feminine side of their nature. Absolutely. Right. Well, you are so many wonderful things, Gina Cloud, and not the least of which, of course, is author of this new book, Woman, W-O-M-A-N. Reminds me of a song, right? I am woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually not a new book, though, Kate. I want to correct you on that. It's a reprint. The book came out in 2009. Ah. Yeah, it's a reprint with some new material. So, yeah. It's been around for a bit. Well, that's good. But the fact that uh, we have a reprint, some new material, means there still is much growth for us, more paths to to wander down and to learn from for all of us. And I think this is great then, that there's a reprint. There's, I feel, a real great need. Certainly, you know, with it coming out in 2009, a lot has happened in the intervening years, so, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot. Yeah. So, personally, but, you know, just on the whole societal front, uh, we've had lots of change yeah. going on, on, a lot more conversation about women, about who we are, about speaking the truth, speaking out, speaking up, all of that is so critical. Yeah, and also... We're in the throes now of even just uh, just defining what it actually just means to be female, because it's sort of being hijacked in a lot of ways in this in some of these uh, radical agendas that are around us. And I'm a, I'm a staunch advocate for protecting the feminine and uh, remembering what that is and how anchored in our biology it is, because that's the real focus of what I teach is that a woman's body is her true north. It's, uh, I call it the GPS, the goddess power source. And it's through what we experience through these cycles in our bodies, starting with our menstrual cycle to if a woman has a baby, you know, going through hopefully an organic natural pregnancy without too much medical intervention. Because I'm very outspoken about the ways that our ability to experience really high frequency most shamanic, if you will, experiences are being interfered with and influenced by society, medicine, big pharma, and then menopause, one of the, the great taboos in women's lives, because it's a time where many women feel disposable and shut down, And um, but it's another great portal and passage. So these all happen in our bodies, right? So our bodies are magnificent temples of wisdom. Oh, that is all so beautiful and really giving us such a uh, full capsule of what our life is, you know, from from birth uh, to whatever those end days are. And and seeing the feminine, the the beauty of it all and embracing it, whereas uh, thinking of the latter years, how society has often, you know, wanted to to shun that and push that aside. But 
I think with what you are writing about and what we are seeing more of, women are more embracing that, would you say? You know, I think we have to have this differentiation that needs to take place here because when you say society is more embracing it, there's more of a talking about it on the outside, but there's a lack of connectivity to the sacred inner container and the true meaning of things. Like, for instance, on Instagram, you can find all kinds of things about the menstrual cycle, right? You can see, but you'll see images of, you know, of a woman lying on a bed and there's blood all over white sheets. And I look at that and I go, what does that have to do Mm. with what our cycles really are about? I do think on the menopause side, there are more women out there who are starting to talk about it openly. And this is critical because one of the things with menopause is there's, there's, it's funny. I was having a, and this is in my book. One day uh, I was, a friend of mine was here with me hanging out. We were supporting each other and getting some writing done. And she's having a hard time with her transition to menopause. And uh, we started to look for some things, started Googling some things like menopause, health, menopause, support, and everything that came up was biological. Everything that came up was a drug. Everything that came up was how to fix the symptoms. And then I had a flash of insight, an intuitive hit to Google menopause shame. And Kate, when I did that, you can't even believe the Pandora's box that opened up because what happens for most women is we just go underground. We don't want to even say it's happening. We don't want to say we skipped periods. We don't want to say... Because this society values youth so much. I'm talking about American culture. It's different in other parts of the world. But American culture values youth and youthful beauty because beauty has many flavors and shades throughout life. But we focus on youthful beauty. And so, and even women who've hated their periods their whole life, when they start to hit this transition and and periods start to disappear and, you know, or they're scanty or everything, all the changes you go through, they don't even want to talk about it. They feel ashamed and they feel like they're going to miss their period now, even though they never valued it because it's a signal of fertility, right? So I think, you know, going back to what you said, when it comes to the menstrual cycle, there's still uh, a complete lack of ignorance, in my opinion, uh, for the most part of what we're seeing in social media around it. It's more like, hey, let's talk about it. We can talk about it. And and the way they're talking about it is shallow and lacking in the depth of what I like to say is sort of the sacredness of these bodies. And when I say sacred, I always like to clarify that I don't mean that in a religious context. I'm a spiritual person. I was raised with religion, with Catholicism. I'm a spiritual person. And that word literally means um, entitled to reverence and respect. So when we are just, you know, having images of, you know, women bleeding on white sheets and calling that empowerment, you know, I say, no, we're far from, if that's what, how you're going to define it, you're still missing the very important seed. And that's an appropriate word because, you know, our, our, our ovulation is where it starts for everything with our cycle. And so they're still missing the seed. And so, but I, it, sometimes I look at it and, and I, and I say, well, at least it's more out there. But when I look at the majority of what there is, there's a handful of people trying to approach it from the more sacred place, but the majority seems to be, you know, like, wow, wow, we bleed and we have our rights. And, and it's become sort of a, a kind of, I don't know, it feels a bit contrived, you know, and, and I feel like women are still missing a lot of the teachings. You know, even my generation, it's like, 
we weren't taught, you know, like there was this book, The Red Tent, years ago, and um, there was this passing down of from grandmother to mother to daughter, feminine wisdom. And, of course, we don't really have that anymore. You know, our family systems are, by and large, lacking the shape they used to have. That's one way to say it, I guess. And so the teachings, it's harder to find them, and we don't live in a, in a culture that's really promoting that kind of empowerment for women by and large. There are people like myself um, out there doing it. But you know what makes it difficult, Kate, is it's the culture, also the Internet, because this is the kind of work that needs to be done really so much in person where we can spend time with each other, where we can unwind over hours and days and, you know, weeks if we can make that kind of time and to, to rest into our bodies and to listen to the body wisdom because that's another piece of what I feel is so important is the intuitive guidance that comes from the alignment with our cycles, with listening to our bodies when we're growing life inside of us, of honoring the wisdom, most profound wisdom you'll ever know when you're going through the transition of menopause instead of being focused on all the ways your body's changing. I'm not saying it's pleasant. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's something that you shouldn't pay attention to. But when we're going through something difficult, if we can see the value of that transition, and we know that when we get to the other side, if there's something great waiting for us, it's like labor. You know, I don't know if you have kids, but, you know, when you're in labor, you're in so much pain, but you know on the other side is this beautiful baby that you've been growing inside you, right? And it's the same thing with menopause. It's like going through all this agony. And I don't want to say it that way because I think I'm now quoting from a lot of the things I see expressed. I don't believe that to be true. It's not agony. It's challenging it's uncomfortable and um we're sort of in a society now where everything that is slightly uncomfortable we want to medicate away or distract away or do something so we're not present with it instead of allowing the teachings of the wisdom coming forth from the body to find its way into our consciousness and that's something that i really uh, like working with women to do especially in my, in my one-on-one coaching i really love helping women find that place inside them Oh, that is all so beautiful. And and one thing that I just feel I, I need to comment on, though, in terms of uh, women talking about, uh, in terms of menopause and how difficult it is, it it isn't. For me, it was not a difficult time. It, it, I, it's almost like I just, it didn't happen, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. So I, I think hmm, we, uh, yes, I, I, I didn't even look think to look on the internet to find any information because I didn't feel the need for it. But you're you're looking for it and f- looking under shame is such a critical thing because I think there yeah. there is that kind of sense around it, like it's such a huge negative. No, yeah, and, it's uh, like right? it's like sorry to interrupt you, but it, I it's, know. it's like it's like women are feeling I'm old and I'm, I have no value anymore. That's what happens. That's where the menopause shame comes from. And it's like, because we value youthful beauty, we get indoctrinated into thinking that our value as women is in our appearance. It's in our ability to, you know, get a man or whatever, attract whoever you want to into your life. But that's not what it is. And I think that's where the shame comes from. It's like, oh, I'm old and I'm, you know, it's, it's a mindset that society feeds women from the time when little girls the programming starts, Kate. 
And the fact I think that you went through it as easily as you did and I did too, is probably because you were already aligned with your true self, with your true north in many ways. Because I talk about, in, in my book, I talk about how we go through life and when we don't um, deal with whatever comes up in our lives on a regular basis. And that's what I say our cycles are for, like, because the premenstrual window, which I call powerful monthly sight, instead of premenstrual syndrome, I breathe into powerful monthly sight. Whatever comes up in that window right before you bleed, it's all the stuff you're pretending the rest of the month is okay with you. So when it comes up, it's a powerful opportunity to heal, to feel, to clear, to work through issues with people in your life, with your boss, with your kids, with whatever, because it's putting it right in front of you. So if you have been avoidant through your menstruating years, not dealing with issues, and you put them in what I call the basement, well, when menopause happens, it's like you have to clear out the basement. If you don't clear out the basement, you experience more physical stuff. But when you clear out the basement, or if you've been clearing it out through all your menstruating years, there's not a lot in the basement. And I think you probably didn't have a lot in your basement, Kate. Mm. You know, so mm. it's probably why you did you know, it went so for you. Well, then I highly recommend that. You know, start early. <laughs> Don't buy into all that, you know, hype about uh, uh, physical appearances. Yes, look good, but, like, look a certain way and, you know... All- whatever that's going to cost and uh, don't I don't even want to go down the path of all the cosmetic surgeries that uh, some oh, women oh my god right? yeah 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 it's uh, and you know when I talk about this piece which I'm glad you brought up because it's all connected you know I say I don't want to judge women who do it but sometimes I have to acknowledge that I am judging women who do it but then I get underneath it and I recognize that where I'm really coming from is a deep sadness and concern because the question is why are women doing this right well yes. it's, it's again if we don't understand that from the time we're little girls we are being programmed to believe our value and our worth is in how we look and that that particular look is very specific right and now we have young women in their 20s getting botox and doing and i was it's funny i was doing some research on botox the other day because it's very dangerous, and a lot of these things that are performed on women for the sake of youthifying, if I can make up a, a word, um, <laughs> is actually very dangerous, has not been long-term tested, and what's going to happen to our body down the road with all these fillers and injections, not to mention the surgeries and everything else. And for women who are doing it, I want to say, I want to ask them, do you know why you're doing it? I mean, sit down and be real with yourself. Do you know why you're doing it? And the answer a lot of times I think it becomes because I want to look better. Okay, well, what is the, what is the, what is the difference between good and better? Like, what, and that's superlative range. What does that mean? What are you qualifying that with? Well, who told you you need to look better? Why is the way you look not good enough? Because we're getting visual messages and cues everywhere we turn. And the sad thing to me, Kate, also is that women's faces have now started to look homogenous because of mm. these treatments being so rampant. And natural beauty is something that is becoming more difficult to find. I remember uh, 10 years ago seeing an article that said the most beautiful natural woman in the world. And I stopped because I went, whoa, (laughs) this has really become a thing. And now we're separating what is a natural woman, meaning someone who hasn't had work done, or maybe I don't even know what their parameters were. Maybe it's natural as long as you haven't had surgery and, and, and fillers are okay. 
But the thing to me is that I want women to really, we can stop this insanity. This is all patriarchal stuff that's been running our lives for a very long time. And we have all the power. We can say, no, I'm going to let my hair go gray. I am going to, you know, celebrate. And I'm a huge self-care junkie, Kate. And I get two-hour massages every week, and I go to the spa, and I love nourishing my pleasure centers, and I love experiencing those kinds of things. And that's something that I really enjoy doing as a woman. And those rituals are powerful because they allow me to stay really connected to my deeper inner wisdom because I have some quiet and solitude and I go into my body because the body is the teacher. A woman's body is her teacher. And so being able to say, I honor and value my beauty. My beauty is uniquely my beauty. And I'm not going to start, you know, messing because messing with my face because once you do anyway, I've seen pictures of what happens at the end of the road. Once you start, you kind of can't stop. And, and, and think about when I say, why do you do it? I asked a, a friend of mine who's very much into it. And I said, what would happen to you if tomorrow there was no Botox and there was no treatments to get? What would you do? You, there's no makeup. There's no, what would you do? And she got really quiet. And I said, if we don't learn to be comfortable with our naked faces and our naked bodies, we're going to constantly be in this state of I'm not good enough. And in living in a state of I'm not good enough, let me fix the outside, never allows you to get to what's on the inside. And that's the rub because I believe um, in many ways that that's the plot of the, the patriarchy. And I always like to say when I'm talking about patriarchy, I'm talking about the societal structure, not men. There are plenty of good men out there who will agree with me as I'm saying all of this. If we never, if we spend our waking hours and our dollars on, you know, trying to meet an impossible standard and one that actually really, in my opinion, doesn't make most women look beautiful, it just makes them look homogenous with other women, if we never get there, then how do we step into our power? How do we become the forces that we are as women if we're so distracted all the time by the outside? And I think that is what the plot has been for a long, long time. And so I want women to know, you know, it may be difficult because we're judging ourselves all the time on the standard of how do we look. And putting the, that down is, is challenging, but that's one of the things that I love to do with women is to help them find that pathway so that they can unhook from all of this dogma and dicta that has been driving us and keeping us suppressed. And a lot of the things that are out there that are seemingly about women being empowered now aren't. It's just a surface label. And when you get underneath it, it's still really, really empty. And that breaks my heart because I know the beauty and the power that we are as women, Kate. So you divide your time, Gina, between living in the U.S. and in Europe. Do you find there's a difference in Europe that women will be more self-accepting that don't need to go through all the the stuff, the uh, the permutations that happen here in America? Well, you know, I'll just clarify. I'm in the U.S. pretty much full-time the last three years. I'm actually going to Italy in a couple of weeks. But there is a difference that I've noticed. And it depends on where you are. If you're in really big cities, you see the cosmetic surgery stuff 
not nearly as much as like I live in California and it's like rampant here and probably one of the worst states for it. But you do see a difference. And when you watch European films, this was something years ago when I was in my 20s even, I would watch European films and I was amazed because if there was a, a sex scene or a love scene or a nude scene, the bodies were normal. The women had cellulite. They were like, nobody was trying to make things not look normal, the way things really are. And that's one of the things with like, there's uh, the movement to have like advertisements for like, you know, underwear, clothing, they're, you know, plus size stuff is they're showing that's a normalization of, you know, how women really look, which I think is a great thing, but it is different, you know, in different places that you go. And it's also very interesting to me to see how men, it's not a big deal that a woman is aging, you know, unless it's putting her face to go after young women. And I do see a big difference between the cosmetic surgery and cellulose industry in other countries and cultures. You know, it's different from what I see here. And I've asked men, I've had guy friends who, you know, who come to me, they're, they're dating. We have a lot of conversations around dating and the struggles. And they'll just say to me, what is with these eyelashes and duck lips? And I said, yeah, do, you, do you like them? You know, and every guy I've talked to is like, no, I don't. But it's like everybody's doing it. And I just, I end up staring at these things. And most men, for the women that are doing it for men, but a lot of women are doing it because they feel they have to because of the messages that they've been programmed with. But in my conversations with men, they would much prefer you in your natural state, you know. But it's a programming. And if we don't become aware that we're being programmed, then we end up coming to the program. So this is where this kind of conversation, making ourselves pursue getting your book, Woman, W-O-M-A-N, a new definition. I think that's just so powerful. But from that, you know, as you were mentioning earlier about having uh, feminine rituals, I go back to thinking the indigenous people had these rituals, yes. right? Yes. And we yes. just don't. We need to resurrect that, bring it back in, and maybe with that, we can transform from looking at cosmetic surgeries to look a certain way to then bringing us back to just who we are, the beautiful exactly. person we are, right? Exactly. You know, and that's why... The subtitle on my book is Woman is an Acronym. Uh, you know, each letter is wild, open, magical, authentically empowered nectar. But the subtitle is really important. Um, it's a new definition for reclaiming the feminine. And I really, rituals are a critical thing. And that's why I feel like this disconnected internet universe that we're in, where we don't really spend time in person, um, I find that really difficult in terms of trying to do a business model because. What's really important to me is, is to be physically in a space with someone or to work one-on-one like with coaching. We can be on a, a video call, but we're still one-on-one. It's just me focused on you, and that's really important because then you have to engage with me because a lot of these platforms that are doing classes and stuff online, people won't, still won't say anything or they turn up their camera or they're there, but they're not. So to me, I don't want to take your money if I can't help you, if I can't really do something for you. And that means you have to engage. It means you have to get involved in your own life, you know? So my standards for, uh, come from my desire to make a difference at a really radical and high level for women. And men have gotten so involved in the conversations and men read my book because they've said, not only did they learn a lot more about women through our biology in particular, but 
there were pieces that resonated for them as well in terms of like my chapter authentically empowered the rest it couldn't because it's all about women and our bodies and our psyches through the body but so I had a really beautiful following with men and I ended up getting involved with coaching men because we were talking about dating and relationships and sexuality. And a lot of men have had porn addictions I've worked with because they've recognized how that's been sort of sabotaging their ability to have real relationships. And I think men want real relationships just as much as women do. It's a human thing. Yes, absolutely. So there is just such a great value here, just important information for us to just get to the essence of who we are. Otherwise, it's ultimately just a plastic society. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes me sometimes, honestly, Kate, sometimes I just want to like go find somewhere like an island somewhere and just disappear into the natural world. Because sometimes it just weighs heavily to look at how we keep going deeper into the rabbit hole of disconnection through, quote, you know, technological advances. Mm-hmm. And I think, where are we going to be if we don't hold on to our humanity? And where are we going to be if women don't step into our power, really step into our power? Because I believe we have the ability, and I think in some ways it's our destinies, to bring this world back to a place of the heart and love. And, you know, as long as we're out there chasing the meat suit and how it looks, it's going to make it really difficult to do that. But there is an awakening happening, and I, and I continually remind myself of that. And connecting with people like you, and I want to thank you for this interview, connecting with people like you shows me that there are a lot of us out there, and we each have a piece in the puzzle in yes. terms of how to make this happen. And, you know, it's a conversation for men and women. When I talk to women, I always invite men in because we can't do this on our own. And I also think that... You know, years ago I would have called myself a feminist, but now feminism has become so toxic. It's become like I, I hate men. I have so many guy friends who tell me, you know, and who are huge supporters of women and empowering women in, in a really incredible way and how they're being treated. And I just think things are going too far. And the farther out we go, it's making us lose touch with that hand in hand, heart to heart ability and gift that we have in our humanity. And I just really hope that. I can be a part in helping us to reconnect with all of that. You are a part. We wouldn't have this conversation if you weren't already doing something and being an instrument of change, bringing this to our attention with your writing, with your coaching. We should mention your website too, Gina, because there's a wealth of information there. Yeah, my website is really, there's, I have a great blog there with all kinds of amazing, you know, I always say as a writer, like, it's not me. I just feel like I'm an amazing channel for the mm-hmm. divine to flow through me. And sometimes I read stuff I've written and I go, wow, that's really <laughs> where that comes from. I'm like, it's not Gina. It's not me. You know, it's like it's wisdom and I'm just being used as an amazing mm-hmm. vessel. But my blog is really great. You know, there's all kinds of stuff there. But GinaCloud.com, it's just my name.com is the website. You can find out a, a lot of things there. My coaching program, the stuff is there for both men and women. I think there's a little tab there that says, uh, hey, guys. And yeah, there is a lot of stuff on the website to explore. And you can get the book through there. The book is on Amazon. It did become an international bestseller in uh, Canada and Australia, I think, in addition to the U.S. And I also, one of, one of my big focal points is really talking to women about uh, sexuality because it's another topic that, is not really being discussed in a way that is honoring of women. 
And what we tend to do, like with menopause shame, is we just go mute. We don't even talk to our girlfriends sometimes about these things. We just go mute and we bottle it and we stuff it inside and it festers and it becomes more of the I'm not good enough, I'm not beautiful, and, and it just unhooks you from your power. So if you know anybody wants to work, I'm an amazing coach. I'd have to say that. I've really, and in a very short period of time, within a few months, I have been able to help every woman I've worked with and man. So then that's something I really love to do because I love to, to make each woman man shine and come alive and free up the bondage, you know, tear away the binding around the heart in particular and for women around our bodies. So GinaCloud.com. Oh, that's such amazing, important work. And I'm just so grateful that you are led to it and that the book is doing so well because that's a great inroad for us to be able to work with ourselves but uh, to encourage people to reach out to you through the website for the coaching and uh, who knows maybe eventually this will evolve into creating some sort of a in-person workshop to to learn about rituals oh great yeah working on it Well, we'll look forward to that, Gina. It's just really having the conversation feels empowering. So I am just hoping, trusting that those hearing it will feel the seeds resting in their hearts and then seek out more. I hope so, too. And thank you again, Kate. I really think the work that you're doing is really important and you're using your voice as a platform and that's what we need more of. Well, thank you. It needs conversation. So that's where, you know, wonderful guests like yourself, people, women doing, doing the work in the world, uh, sharing it here, because this is a, a powerful medium to do it. Absolutely. Well, again, many thanks, Gina Cloud. And that brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Gina Cloud and Sunday Morning Magazine with Pamela Gockley. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being in touch with the beautiful, authentic people each of us is. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.